trading that episode 185 and then i started to just keep withdrawing withdrawing but then you know eventually when you're when you're starting off trading you want to kind of build your bank account as well as your personal trading account um, so that's where I kind of transitioned, like, okay, let me leverage, you know, prop trading firms money. I bought a, an account. I bought two 200K accounts. Um, I passed them, traded on, on them for a few months, um, still trading to, still trading on them to, to this day. Um, and then I made some crazy numbers. My first payout was 25K. My second payout was 50K. Um, and that's all within the two weeks of, t- of time. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got Ramon on the show. Now, Ramon has got some amazing stories to tell you today about his trading journey, and I'm just going to give you a highlight of a couple of them now. So one of them was the fact that he made 75K in like two weeks through a funding program. You're going to find out all about that, how he made his first 25 in the first week and this 50K in the second week. Also how he grew his $5,000 account to get his first $15,000 month. Uh, and how he averages 5R or more per trade. So guys, it's, it's crazy stuff. We did shoot a video after the show as well where he breaks down his uh, 50K trade on, or should I say two trades, on the NAS100 using aggressive one-minute entry. So you've got that to see afterwards on the YouTube channel. Now, uh, other things happening here at Trading Up. We've got the Trading Up Funded Cup underway for July, so go and check it out on citytradersimperium.com. Also, if you missed out on that one and want to jump on board the next one, I know it's going to definitely be bigger and better then the, the stay tuned because we'll be t- uh, telling more information about that in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for the next Funded Cup. Now, other things here, that's the last chance. There's only a few more days left in July to get access to the Obsession Bot, which I built as part of the Algo Fund and Mastermind. Over 90 settings involved in that robot. You can trade it semi-automated, uh, fully automated. It's based on order block strategy, uh, which is a smart money concept kind of thing. So if you do want to get access to that, you need to join the robot builders club uh, that's the only way at the moment and as part of the robot lab when you join that so folks i'd love to see some of you over there um, jumping on board that obsession bot as well all right that's enough from me let's get on with the show here with ramon folks if you're looking for the skills to get funded then the bank level trading strategy from my sponsors city traders imperium may be the perfect solution for you now get this trades average one to five risk to reward with a 40 to 50 percent win rate And the strategy combines the best of smart money concepts, wave theory, and Wyckoff theory. Plus, it's been successfully used to pass CTI's evaluation challenge. To find out more, click the link in the description below or the card above or visit citytradersimperium.com. What's up, trading nut? We've got Ramon in the house here. uh, You're in LA, is that right? LA or somewhere in California? San Francisco. San San Francisco, Francisco, that's right. San Francisco. I'm getting confused with somebody else. Uh, Now, you've come on the show. You've, You've... 
uh, one of the few people has actually filled in the guest application form, which is awesome. So I've been able to like go through all your accounts and all that sort of stuff. So we've got you on. I know you're a funded trader. I know you've been trading for uh, quite a bit of time, and you've got a great story to tell as well. So R- Ramon, do you want to go into that story? How did you get into trading? How do you start off and find your feet? Absolutely. Um, so I started trading about about three and a half to four years ago. Uh, I was working a day job just like everyone else. Um, eventually decided to venture off. I got tired of working the day job. I wanted more for myself. Um, I didn't want to feel restricted, you know, income based or just surrounding myself around older people who were in the same position. Uh, so I actually came across Forex, you know, by one of my associates. One of my associates uh, actually just, you know, presented it to me and I didn't know what it was. So me being a very studious person, I wanted to like, yo, what's Forex? You know, like, what's Forex? People are posting screenshots. Like, oh, you're posting money. I, you know, I'm very curious. So at that point in time, I just did a lot of research, um, finding about what it was, lots of YouTube. Um, and eventually I came across and I'm like, yo, I can make money within the click of a button. Um, you know, like like a lot, like many people back in the day, they thought, oh, it's, it's fake, it's fraud. And, you know, I did my research and found, you know, it's a legitimate way to make money. It's almost like the stock market, but, you know, bigger. Um, and ever since then, I just kind of took, took, took it off from there. And what year was that? And how old were you at the time? That was actually like 2018, 2019. I believe I was like 18 years old. Yes, I was actually fresh out of high school around that time. So it's only been like four years since you you got into it, which is quite a good time. Well, quite a... It's for me, based on like the, all the people that I've interviewed, to be able to get to the point where you are now within that period of time is a massive achievement. So, like, that's a you know, hats off to you. Uh, so, how did you go about the first endeavors into it? Um, you know, starting, I just kind of went out there. You know, I literally, you know, made an MT4 demo account, seeing what I was able to do. You know, just playing around with the software. Um, and eventually, I got to that stage where you know, as a beginner, I'm curious. I want to throw in a fifty dollars, a hundred dollars. And see what I can make. Um, after seeing that, oh, I can make some money. Um, obviously, I was losing at first, but it's always that thought. You know, if you're losing, you all you had to do was the exact opposite to to win that trade or win that position. Um, so, so from there on out, I just basically kept trying it. Lost a few money, a lot, lost a lot of money, I should say, like five thousand, ten thousand over numerous amount of accounts. Um, I did get lucky one time and made, I believe it was when Bitcoin dropped a uh, crazy amount. I made like five or four, th- 4,000 over leveraging my account, but completely beginner's luck. But I did secure profit, withdrew from the broker. At that time, you know, I knew like, yo, this is for me. Like, I just made that money. It's for me. So you, at that point, you'd lost like 15K or, or more. And, Definitely. Right. And so, so how on earth did you, I suppose, were you able to fund that through savings or how did you fund those accounts? So, so I was working. I was working a job. I was, I was working a decent job for my age. Uh, so I was working a job, and all that money was just saved over a quarter amount of time. I had a lot of money at that time. I would say I had about thirty k in savings. Um, I did get to a point where I literally blew all of it on forex. I had to go back to kind of work again and kind of get that capital back up. Um, but definitely, I was working a job, and that's where most of my capital came from. And and to blow thirty k on forex, I mean. Did you? I mean, how did that feel? Can you talk us through how how you sort of felt when that you know you'd, you'd gone through all your savings, you'd worked all that time, and what kind of mindset did you need to have to obviously be able to bounce back from that? Absolutely. Um, you know, during that time, it's definitely like you're at your, your lowest point. You're you're definitely considering like, yo, is this just trading for me? Um, you know, you you feel like everything on the chart psychologically, you're not there. Um, it definitely was a good depression stage for me. 
Um, I feel like during that stage, I was able to unlock my true colors, really find out and kind of like understand just entrepreneurship. You know, trading is definitely a business. People should treat it as a business. Um, so I came in knowing that, yo, like just because I would lost this um, large amount of money, uh, as long as I could still focus on the craft, master the skill, um, you know, I could definitely recover from this loss. You know, mm -hmm. it's just a short term, short term loss. People have to understand, you know, look at the long longevity of trading. Don't worry about the short term and look at where are you years from now, months from now. Um, and I knew that, you know, as long as I put in the work ethic, I definitely could recover and make all that back once now, I'm to that I've, level. I've just realized, okay, so at, at that stage, you're only probably 18 or maybe 19, 18, 19. So you're quite young. And I'm even thinking, how on earth does an 18-year-old, 19-year-old have 30K disposable income? And look, you know, if you've got 30K at that age, you're probably thinking, well, well, if you can have that long view, you're going to be going, well, I'll probably make it, you know, if I've got 30K at 18, I should be able to get 30K again if I need to. What on earth did you do to get 30K at 18? Because I'm pretty sure I yes. didn't have 30K. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so I actually worked in San Francisco. San Francisco is a very tech, tech city, right? So we have autonomous vehicles, software engineers, tech startups. Um, I actually worked at a company called Zooks. Um, you guys may be able to Google them. It's a it's a company where they operate autonomous vehicles. Um, so at that time, I was I was getting paid a decent amount of money. I would say I was like thirty five dollars an hour. Um, so I was making you know some pretty decent money, and I would work there for a few years, maybe a year and a half. Um, and over the course of the time, I was just saving money, saving money. I always knew that I wanted to use capital to kind of like invest, whether that be business. Uh, or just better financial decisions to make my money work for me instead of exchanging time for money. Okay, cool. Right, so so uh, so what were you doing on the chart that at the start when you when you blew the after you blew the thirty k? What were you doing on the chart at that point, and how did you sort of build yourself back into it? Um, if I remember correctly, at that time there was a lot of you know risk management was not there. When we start off, you know, my risk management was all over the place. I'm using crazy lots. We always have that that greed, you know. It's that trait. As a beginner traders, we come in the market thinking, oh, we can, you know, throw huge lot sizes and make a lot of money. But instead, I wasn't looking at the risk, looking at, okay, what if I lose that money? Um, so definitely a lot of a lot of greed on my end during that time, um, and and you know, just underanalyzing and overcomplicating it per se. Right, and so what does that look like in specific? So under-analyzing and over-complicating. Can you give a demonstration of that or like an example? Definitely. Uh, that could be anything from just entering the trade because the price goes up, you know, chasing the market rather than properly letting the market come to you saying, hey, I'm going to take a trade from here and actually executing it. Um, I feel like back then I was just all over the place buying and selling, chasing the market, looking at the lower time frames, not properly using the tools that I use now, the skills that I use now, you know, time frame correlation, uh, market structure, and, and all that entirely as a whole. And, and how did you sort of get to the point where you realized that these were the things that I needed to become successful? It, it was really like uh, just, just studying the losses. You know, you have to study each loss is a lesson. Um, I wouldn't just, you know, if you lose in the market, definitely learn what happened, you know, review the trade, analyze it. I understood that a lot of times I'm losing and I wasn't able to comprehend what was going on. At that point, then I would have to, you know, just research, look at what am I missing that other people are using? What skills do other people have that I can incorporate in my strategy that makes sense to me? Um, and during that beginner stage, I didn't have a strategy. I kind of just literally just when the market went up, I bought, I sold a, a horrible beginner, you know, journey. Yeah, and and did you have a mentor? Or did you, did you get any education? No, uh, my my main form form of education was a lot of YouTube. 
Um, during those times, you know, after you start losing and blowing 10K counts, you definitely get in that down stage. At that point, I was inside 24-7 watching YouTube 24-7. Um, you know, working for 4 to 12 a.m., I get off work, come home, I'm watching YouTube till like 5 o'clock in the morning. And, and were there any like, YouTube videos or anything you sort of like thought, this is something I have to add, or this is something I have to add, or was it just a culmination of everything? I mean, how did you distill all that information? Because I think that's what, obviously, getting a, a mentor or getting some education, you're going to get a very siloed view of uh, an approach versus youtube it's like well where do you start what's valid what works what doesn't how do you how did you distill that down uh so it was definitely i watched everything um as far as figuring out what works it was back testing you know you got to back test any information you have and apply it to your strategy to see if it works um me in particular it was the fibs you know i never knew about fibs i heard a lot of people talk about fibs once i started watching one video and i literally started i remember it correctly i went to uj all the way back in like 2017 16 back testing UJ was extremely bullish, I believe. Uh, I'm just placing fibs. Oh, wow, this makes a lot of sense. Market structure, higher lows, lower, you know, all that made sense to me. And from there, it clicked. Ever since then, I've applied it to the chart, and I started to see the results as long as I applied it correctly. Mm. That's interesting you say that because I was the same. When I put fibs on in the correct manner, I then all of a sudden like was like, hang on a sec. There must be some other people out here doing this, you know, actually moving the market that are doing the same thing because this is hitting this level every single time and it's rejecting it or whatever, or it's or it's like hitting this target and stopping and then why this is it? This is like a massive sort of uh, aha moment. That was a massive aha moment for me. Um, okay, so when you were talking about back testing, how were you doing it from like specifics? Uh, back testing, I would basically just go on Trading View. Um, and basically just, you know, the bar replay tool, go back, look at price, um, look at what I was looking for. Um, what is the trend? Identify the market conditions. Are we consolidating uptrend, downtrend? What am I looking for? Where are my points of interest? Um, where am I looking to target? And were you and like, kind of like just apply. And were you, were you sort of doing any kind of, uh, statistical analysis on your back tests? At the end, were you recording results or anything like, like that? Or were you just going, this works, let's add that? And how did you note that down? Um, No, I, I wasn't statistically looking at the trades. I feel like more back then, I was definitely applying it in real market data. Um, so when I would back, back test things, I, was, I would notice, okay, there's a pattern here. Uh, okay, the market reacts off a, a certain price level multiple times. Or, okay, this tool works efficiently. And then at that point in time, I was kind of like applied to real live market data instead of, oh, the market is reacting, everything makes sense, and just keep, you know, and so forth. And, and how much of a, of a role do the FIBs play in your strategy now? Um, not so much, but it definitely does play, play a lot. It definitely does play a lot. Okay. Um, yes. And so, so what other things did you find that you were like, man, I've got to add this, I've got to add this, and I suppose the elements of your current strategy? So it was the VWAP, volumated average price. That's a volume indicator. Um, then I have, you know, just t- t- a simple tool, t- uh, time frame correlation. Um, that's obviously, is, it's just price action. You know, I'd never before time frame correlated. I wasn't able to, to identify the lower time frames to the higher time frames. Um, and just exhaustion points, demand zones, those are also some elements that are within my trading strategy. 
and, and you know that's really it. I'm, I'm a very simple price trader, but I do kind of look at the psychology side. A lot of times when I trade, I'm look also looking at the opposition, right? There's always a buy and a sell. Um, and the way I trade, what makes me kind of different from others is I look at the sell bias and the buy bias. Ah, interesting. That's a very valid point. Like, what are they doing? What's everyone else doing? What are they thinking? And and how do you sort of how do you weigh it up to decide? Well, I'm going to be on the buy side. So that all goes down from the top down analysis from the monthly all the way down to the weekly. Um, at that point, you know, I'm looking at where's the monthly momentum. What are we doing? Are we retracing? Is this a reversal or is this a pullback? Um, but a lot of it is is literally time frame correlation and looking at what looks promising. Um, but you know, when you're looking at both the buy and sell, you have to be able to react accordingly. So instead of like planning or predicting, just react. You know, and, and that's kind of how I trade. I always think, you know, okay, the buyers are probably going to sell here, the uh, the sellers are going to short here, right? And whatever looks promising, whatever area has the most confluences, I act accordingly. And would you like say say for example, you're looking to get into a buy trade? And you're saying, well, the sellers are probably going to come in at this point. That might, would that be your target to a certain degree? No, no? not at all. Okay. At that point, that would be live trade management. At that point, I would look at the momentum like, okay, knowing that, okay, the sellers could step in here, how much momentum is there? If it looks like the buyers are still holding their ground, it's pure trade management, maintain it all the way through. Right. Okay. Interesting stuff. And how did you come up with that sort of uh, approach versus like, oh, the sellers are in here, I'm getting out. <laughs> it, it was really just the psychology behind it because you know once I did a lot of back testing, I I, I kind of like started to understand like what are people seeing that I'm not seeing, um, and like I said, it's it's fifty fifty chance. You know, you just have to know what other people are doing, um, and kind of anticipate the uh, opposition party. Um, as long as you're within the majority of that trade, you know, you're gonna win the trade. And and how how much back testing did you actually do? A lot, you know, weekends, market close, I would say four to five hours a day, um, four to and, five hours a day. Okay, and so that is a, that is a lot, and that's, you know, hence why that you've condensed that time window down to, to four years or even less, obviously. Uh, so what, when you when you got to the point where you were like, okay, so I'm back testing, I'm starting to see my accounts grow. I mean, what kind of account did you start off with, and then how did you progress from there to get funded and all that sort of stuff? Definitely. Uh, so starting off, I believe I had a $2,500 account. Um, I grew that to about 7500 withdrew, um, kept doing it over and over. It got to a point where I had a 15K month, um, and I was with the $5,000 account size. Um, so that was crazy for me. And then I started to just keep withdrawing, withdrawing. But then, you know, eventually when you're when you're starting off trading, you want to kind of build your bank account as well as your personal trading account. Um, so that's where I kind of transitioned. Like, okay, let me leverage, you know, prop trading firms money. I bought a, an account. I bought two 200K accounts. Um, I passed them, traded on, on them for a few months. Um, still trading to, still trading on them to, to this day. Um, and then I made some crazy numbers. My first payout was 25K. My second payout was 50K. Um, and that's all within the two weeks of, t of time. Well. That's that is that's some big numbers there. So so like I'm just trying to work out your risk management on these trades and or the risk to reward ratio because like so it's t even two thousand five hundred to seven thousand five hundred is pretty pretty epic, and then was it five k to fifteen k is also very good, and then those massive payouts which I, I mean you sent them through to me were uh, like forty five forty fifty thousand dollars was it about fifty grand 
on the 200k yes. account so how yes. did you how did you what kind of risk are you putting on the trade and then what's your average risk to reward ratio and average win rate that'll give us sort of like an idea yes uh so initially starting a position i try to risk on funded accounts i try to risk half a percent um well i always risk it half a percent but as that position scales in i'm adding positions along the way so my entries are usually on a one minute and a five minute i'm extremely aggressive therefore my tights have to be tight um so once my position runs i have an overall projection and since my stop losses are tight my order r is usually typically anywhere from five plus right okay so that that makes sense so are you taking the same kind of entry setup on like every kind of entry and scaling in to that position definitely a lot of my entries are, are very very simple techniques breaking retests you know engulfing patterns just that time you know market structure you know market structure on the one minute is going to be the same as you know to me as as it is on a four hour two hour and so on and what's what what's what do you do around your stop placement on the one and five minutes um so once my entry is at 101 stops break even immediately okay um and how often do you get break uh break even on that trade stopped out yeah stopped out at break even it, it it does happen very so often. Yeah, you're gonna get stopped out a few times. Um, I would say statistically wise, maybe forty percent, thirty to forty percent of my trades are break, stopped out of break even. And what about like so? So I'm just trying to envisage this myself. So you enter the first position. At what level of R and profit would you go? Well, I'm now happily enter a second position. It it all depends on structure. My skill in positions are based off of either breaks. Of, of structure whether that be the one hour structure two hour structure or even a five hour stru- or five minute structure um so should i see more momentum shift um then i'm entering but my entries are always off of lower time frame pullbacks so if i don't have a five minute pullback or five minute lower high i'm not entering for short okay okay right so okay and just thinking sorry a little bit further how often would you like say uh scale into position and the first position was like, let's say, 3R and profit. You scale into the next position. You get stopped out on that one. So you've now got a 2R. Would you carry on scaling in? Or would you at that point go, okay, well, would, you know, I'm just going to leave the, I'm going to take the 2R and I'm done on that. How does that work for you? Uh, it would definitely would depend on where we are on the chart in terms of structure. Um, where is there any resistance nearby or is there any potential point for the momentum to kind of take back an effect? Uh, theoretically speaking, though, like I said, I'm usually getting back in um, the way I manage my orders as long as, like you said, as long as the whole as long as I'm not taking any loss. So therefore, as long as I'm zero zero um, on, you know, risk management wise, I, I'm going to maintain the trade. OK, and, and just going back to the risk management. So on those accounts that you were like, you know, jumping up to from five to fifteen k, what what is what what were you doing? Was it more than one percent? Oh, sorry, half a percent. Definitely. So definitely. so how did you how did you do that? Did you start off at like a larger percentage to try and get it up there and then yes. drop it back, or how did it look? Go yes. and walk us through it. So going through it, you know, I like to preach kind of like a compound uh, mindset. Same thing with like prop firms. Uh, initially, I like to build some cushion. Whether that be I start off with 1% and I work my way up and build a 5% cushion. At that point, then I'm risking that 5%. I'm looking for a next trade. I'm looking to make sure that this next trade is ideal and, you know, perfect, basically. Um, so I risk 5% on that trade. And then, like I said, as I mentioned prior, my RRs are usually like 5 to 1 or 3, 3 to 1 minimum. Um, so as long as these trades are good and my win, my win percentage is, is efficient enough, I'm definitely going to come, come out on top. 
So win rate definitely does play a big role in how I trade. Okay, and so what? So how often do you win? I mean, what is your win rate? Or and I'm guessing that yeah, with that thirty to forty percent break even, that's going to keep it up there. So yeah, what does that look like? Um, I'm looking at I would say about sixty, sixty-five to seventy, sixty-five to seventy, not counting the break-even trades. Okay. Okay. Not counting the break even, so the break evens outside of that, you still so that's, that's that's very that's very high then. Um, right now, what about number of trades a week? How many trades are you placing? I'm only looking to take at least you know maximum four trades per week. Um, you know, I, I, I preach you know it's it's all about the quality more than the quantity. All it does is take for that one trade to kind of make that breakout for you. And when you're saying four trades, are you talking about four positions or four individual trades? Because I'm guessing indiv- individual trades. Yes, correct. Okay, so multiple positions in those individual trades. So, so entirely four four setups, I should say. Right. Okay. Uh, as far as as far as scaling in, as long as the order flows intact, uh, I'm not in any drawdown. I'm going to keep scaling in until you know, till I'm I'm near my take profit. Um, but four trades, yes. Okay. Okay. So four 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 setups and multiple trades. So how many actual trades? Across the week, then, so adding in your scaling ins and all that sort of stuff, would you? Oh, I would say maybe, maybe fifteen, maybe fifteen a week, fifteen, okay. ten a week. Okay, I was going to say because you showed me a screenshot at the start of this on your phone, <laughs> I was like, "Do you already you traded four times this today?" So, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it definitely. can't be. Okay, um, that's if those people listening are thinking, "Man, this interview is good." He, how did he work this out? Uh, anyway, <laughs> what is your typical? Oh, sorry, what instruments are you trading? What? How many markets do you go across? So I'm I'm trading Nas, U30, and gold. Um, those are the only things I've been trading recently. Um, Nas is my favorite. I've been seeing the most results on it, and I'm probably going to sway into only primarily focusing on, on that instrument. And what's your what's your higher time frame kind of target? So you obviously getting in on the one and the five. You're looking at it move probably. I'm guessing on a higher time frame. So what is your time frame of choice to find that ultimate exit point? Uh, usually the one hour. Um, the one hour, four hour, but the way I trade, I'm so intricate. I like to be aware of the daily zones, the weekly zones. Um, so depending on where we are on the chart, if the, if the weekly zone is near, um, and the RRR is sufficient enough, we're just going to take it out the, the weekly zone. And if you had to like sort of pull out your best ever trade, cause from what it sounds like, you know, you can have some crazy, crazy, uh, like big trades. What would be, what would you say your best ever trade has been? 55k on Nas. Uh, for those of you who watched last week, it dropped heavily. Um, I caught it from the very, very top. I think it was 11,700, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and yeah, it was very deep. I used a standard lot. I scaled in. My second scale in pos- position was extremely tight, no drawdown whatsoever. Um, and at total, I was two lots in, and you know, I was just watching the numbers fall from there on. So 50, 55k. And managing these trades, what are you doing? Are you like just exiting everything at a at a set level? Or are you trailing stops and that kind of thing? So as far as trailing stops, it's really just structure. Uh, when I manage my trades, me personally, I'm on the 5-minute, 15-minute, and even 30-minute. Um, I'm also looking at where's my target, where are the higher time frame targets, and how is the lower time frame structure holding up. Um, so me personally, I don't scale in, or excuse me, I don't uh, trail my stop losses. I like to just be very robotic. Either it hits my take profit um, or it hits my break even. Hmm. And what are, what about your typical trading day? How does that set up for you? Uh, well, every day, you know, I come to the charts. I try to get my morning routine, whether that be, you know, listen to some music, um, some jazz, and meditate. 
Um, then I come on the markets at a specific set time. I'm usually looking at London session every day. I, I briefly go over the markets for a week or excuse me, an hour and kind of just see what, I'm, what am I looking at for the, for the day? What could potentially happen? What are the buyers probably or likely to go and vice versa? Um, and if anything doesn't happen, same thing. You know, I go to the, to the New York session, same thing, looking for the, the same setup, the same protocol. Um, and if there's nothing, that's it. You know, I kind of step away. If there is something, then I'm analyzing, looking what happens once we get to that zone. Cool. Awesome. Now, what do you think made you different from everyone else out there who's, you know, been at this for years, trying to make it work? What what made you different? I believe, it, like I said, I think it was just, just the hunger. Um, knowing that, like I said, I watched countless YouTube videos, hour-long videos, re-watching them over and over. Um, and, and just kind of like just applying it, you know, like keep re retaining the information that's provided. Always be a student of the craft. Always want to learn more. Um, even to this day, I'm still learning. You know, everyone should be a student of the game. There's still lessons to be learned from trading. Um, and, and honestly, just knowing myself. Um, as far as the trading side, I think I think of trading almost like a football game. You know, there's a there's the op opposition and there's your team. Um, and it's also also about like just choosing the right route. You know, um, that's what I feel makes me different because I'm able to identify and, and, and understand that, OK, if the trade doesn't go my way, this is where we could be heading. Um, and it's just accepting that loss. You know, trading, you're going to have to accept losses and just be confident. The most confident person is definitely going to be the most person making a lot of money in, in this game. If you don't have confidence in this industry, you know, you're going to it's going to show it's going to show. And for somebody who's like starting out in the industry, if you had to give them like a step-by-step -step approach into how they can, you know, if they're working a day job, get to the point where you are, bearing in mind they might not have like, you know, five hours a day every day to do this stuff, uh, back testing, watching YouTube videos, what do you recommend? Um, I would say, you know, someone that's starting out, um, if you're working a job, one, don't quit your job. Um, I was in that same stage, you know, wait until you're getting somewhat profitable or wait until something clicks. Uh, I would recommend just you know focusing. Take, take take a little more time out of your day to study the craft, to back test, to put in the hours, um, and just find what works for you. You know, not everything you see or strategy will work. Uh, just kind of find what works for you and kind of critique it and tune it to to your desired outcome. Um, and most important, like hard work, hard work is dedication. If you want to make something happen, you have to put in the hours. You have to make something happen. You have to make sacrifices. You know, whether that be family, friends, you know, sacrifices have to get made in order for you to reach that, that end line, that goal. And just to sort of hone that down for people, I mean, top three things on a price chart that you would say, go, if you're going to jump onto YouTube, go off to YouTube and search for these things, look for these things, study them and understand them. What would it be your top three? Market structure, time frame correlation. And the third one is... Uh, candlestick patterns and do you have like a specific way that you uh, identify market structure because i know i've got a couple of videos on my channel of guys who've done slightly different ways have you got a specific way that you do it which do you think is quite unique or is it just a common i, I feel as if um mine may be slightly different but for the most part it's the same it's all about just identifying internal structure for example when you go to the daily time frame, you know, there's a whole different structure on the daily than it is from the four hour, right? There may be a counter trend on the four hour that may confuse users, but instead, it, you know, it's still with the trend. Um, so, you know, to summarize, I feel like, you know, market structure is the same, higher, low, lower, high points and so on. But it it's all about the trader 
and how they can identify the internal structure that makes the higher time frame structure. Um, but as long as you're, like I said, able to time frame correlate and piece everything together, it's all the same. You should be able to, you know, do just fine. And what about candlestick patterns? I mean, how deep have you gone on candlestick patterns? Candlestick patterns is not something I strongly emphasize on, but it definitely does el eliminate a lot of the unnecessary losses. I can count, you know, countless times when I started off and I didn't see a simple engulfing pattern or notice that, okay, this means that there's more volume in the market. Um, and I take, you know, took like a unnecessary loss. Um, but as far as today's standpoint, I definitely do look at candlestick patterns. I would not solely base my trading off that. But this is definitely something that, you know, starting off, you need to be able to know the basics just to kind of reduce some of those unnecessary losses at the beginning. And thinking about like a mindset, you talked about meditation before. I mean, do you have any other kinds of things that you've discovered along the way that you can share with us today, like sort of hints and tips around getting your mindset right? Reading, you know, reading and just watching inspirational videos. Like, you know, a lot of people who are watching this video today are on this on the right path. You know, watch videos of success stories of where you want to be. Um, almost like manifest it. You know, if you want to be, if you want to make a lot of large amount of money, if you want to be a, a successful entrepreneur, surround yourself around the environment. You know, watch watch successful people. You know, study them. What are they doing that you're not doing? And just kind of like manifest it. Um, that's something I believe I did a lot as well. You know, I, I watched a lot of people um, who, are, who are where I want to be. And I just kind of like took, took it some bits and pieces and kind of like incorporated it in my daily strategy, in my daily life routine. And so uh, that's great advice, actually, because uh, that does remind me of a past guest who said, you know, you've got to sort of live it. I think it was Mark uh, Hutchinson said, you've got to live, if you want to be a trader, live the trader lifestyle, even if you're not a tr like a full-time trader. Get a laptop, go to a coffee shop, and open it up. Get up a, a, an MT4 chart or MT5 chart, whatever, and sit there and trade for an hour. And it's like I've now, you know, just try and manifest that uh, that trader <laughs> lifestyle. Not that that's how traders do it, but um, it's one way to get there. Now, what about if you had to recommend somebody spend the next month mastering something? What would that be? Master, uh, you know, one thing that, that's very hard in, in this field. You know, it's a lot to, to that you got to know. Um, but if I had to choose one thing, it definitely just be everything, you know, uh, master, master just structure. You know, market structure is going to alleviate a lot of things. Um, master having being a patient trader, master being disciplined. There's a lot of things in this industry I feel like you need to have. Um, but once again, training is, is 80% psychology, 20% actual trading. Mm. Um, so a lot of the things that the user may need to master may come within, you know, study yourself. What are you, how are you like on the charts? What are some traits that you need to modify so that you can kind of be a better you on the charts? Now, it sounds like giving you that advice, it sounds like you sort of went through that process yourself of self-analyzing, you know, on an ongoing basis until you started to change uh, what you're doing is that correct definitely yeah definitely and and how did you go about doing that what were your techniques to do that um it, it was really just analyzing my daily life pattern um i came from you know not being as energetic not wanting to get up and do things you know like start a morning routine you know all these things there's there's books about morning routines and i strongly advise it you know like change wake up have a set routine that is set within your schedule you know on, on a periodic daily basis um, I found that once I started implementing these new things, changing my lifestyle, changing the way I eat, changing the way I think, and most importantly, a lot of it was surrounding myself, as I mentioned prior, like, you know, watching YouTube. I started to notice that I was trading better. I was thinking better. I was analyzing better. Um, my life got better. 
financially, mentally, and physically. I felt better just by surrounding myself around things that I wanted to be and just doing things that I know are best for me. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that because uh, so like, I mean, I've heard many, many times over over the years, you know, uh, you are the sort of average of the five people that you spend the most time with. I mean, did you have to sort of eliminate anyone from your life uh, to try and get to that point and sort of, you know, fill that void with YouTube videos of, you know, motivational stuff? Definitely. Um, I feel like I, I had to get a lot distant from a lot of friends. I wouldn't say I entirely cut them off, but I definitely get distant and kind of like and enclose myself um due to the fact like yeah you know i had my own path my friends weren't on that same entrepreneurship path didn't see the same mindset we didn't see eye to eye um and that's fine you know some people you're not going to see eye to eye with but at that point in time i had to distance myself and just kind of stay focused at the end of the day the markets is just you and the markets right it's also nice to have colleagues who have the same mindset the same entrepreneur mindset but in my case i didn't have that uh, which is why you know i distanced myself non-stop youtube non-stop self you know just focusing on myself self-development um and that's what definitely played a big role in where i am today um and how i carry myself on and off the charts yes yeah, it sounds really like a very unique approach compared to like some of the other people i've had on where whereby you literally did it by yourself you had no external you know mentoring education help you just like on youtube yes but i mean you didn't you, there wasn't didn't seem to be a, a channel or any one particular thing that you focused on you just were like i'm open to learn whatever which is which is a fantastic approach and i think it's something that other guests have mentioned around just you know you've got to do it your way otherwise you're going to get influence and it's not you're not going to own it you're not going to be able to own it you're not going to be able to get over those mindset and mental hurdles that you need to get over um right we're going to wrap up here but before i do I want to, uh, and we're going to wrap up with some quick fire questions. I want to ask you, was there anything I haven't asked that I should have asked you that you want to share with the listeners? No, I think you did a good job, Cam. I, I think you uh, have covered a lot. Cool. Okay, well, let's jump into the quick fire. So how long did it take you to go from trading newbie to consistently profitable? Um, I would say about three and a half years, three and a half years. What's your favorite entry setup? Break and retest psychological levels, Fibonacci's, uh, you know, retest of Fibonacci levels, exhaustion zones, demand zones. Anything in, in that criteria, best set up. Uh, what's your recommended trading book or resource? Books. Um, I don't I don't, I don't, think I really read many trading books. As far as resource, um, YouTube, you know, like YouTube, you like take advantage of YouTube. There's a thousand contents, you know, your videos, podcasts. There's so much content out there. You're destined to, to kind of learn, um, you know, stay true, stay true to it. And just kind of like exploring YouTube, you know, find, be open to new strategies. Uh, what's your preferred broker and trading platform? I'm using Osprey FX aside from FTMO. Uh, so, I mean, I use it. So I guess I prefer it. Hey folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just $1 per 100k. You can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. Uh, what's your worst ever trade? <sighs> worst ever trade, huh? This is this is it. Uh, worst ever trade. I think I lost about 25k. Um, and this was on a, not a, not a big account, but this was on a decent account. This was, a, I believe it was like a 50 or 60 K account. So 
And what was that? What remember. was the reason for that loss? Was that because you moved the stop it, or what? Definitely that. You know, moving your stop, having a tight stop, like, oh, I give it a little more room. And then, like, you know, that turns, oh, a little more room, you know. And it, it, at that time, discipline, discipline. You know, setting a stop is essential. You know, you, you set a stop, keep it there. At that time, I wasn't as disciplined as I was. Um, so it definitely was just discipline and, and like, accepting the loss, you know. like And that, that comes with trading. You have to be able to accept the losses and, and keep them small instead of, like, you know, overextending them and so so forth. Okay, and then, and just interesting. So, so you said just to do the time analysis thing here that I'm lo- looking at. So you said at the start you've been trading for four years, so you're consistently profitable after three and a half. What made you decide that that was the like? If you know, answering that question, what made you think? Well, I can't really say any earlier than that because what happened before that, and what what's happened since? I think before that, I would say like the three three year mark, I was still profitable. Um, there's there's levels, right? Each each criteria is going to be different for each user. Um, I feel as if back then I knew I was profitable, but there were still certain traits hindering for me. Like I was profitable, I was making 10k, 15k weeks or so forth, but I was definitely giving up some of my money back to the market. Um, and and a lot of that came from over trading. You know, that's something I feel as a newbie trader, you have to prevent. Um, I unfortunately found out the hard way, you know, just always wanted to be in a trade back then. Um, it definitely killed and depreciated my performance, causing me to give money back to the market. Um, and that's something you're gonna have to learn. You know, you're gonna have to learn that you don't need to be in a trade every day, you know, stay focused. And it, and it, was there anything that you sort of helped that helped you get over that hurdle? Yeah, it was, it was actually just enjoying the fruits of the labor, you know, like knowing that you can make some nice money, withdraw it, you know, take a break, travel. Um, I went to Costa Rica prior, you know, like enjoy the fruits of your labor, explore the world, go out to dinner. You know, um, a lot of people in this industry are just hip, hip, hypnotized about about the money instead of withdrawing it. You know, like take a withdrawal day, enjoy the money um, rather than having everything on the phone, because at the end of the day, you know, you're not really winning until it hits your account, um, until it hits your bank account. So the, what worked for me was really just taking a break, falling back knowing that consistency wins. If I can make this a certain amount of money and consistently make that money then I'm overall going to be profitable and and how do you sorry when you with the the show should have been over by now but I'm gonna I've got all these other <laughs> questions now so how do you how do you uh, I suppose know that when you come back to the charts you're gonna be at the same like say you gave yourself a two-day break or you had a week off how do you know when you get back to the charts you haven't sort of like lost any edge or you know how is it that you, you, you can sort of come in at exactly the same, uh, I suppose, skill level? Because it was, you know, it is a lot of mind stuff going on, a lot of thinking that you need to then transpose into a, a setup. How do you make sure that you don't forget things, overlook things, uh, you're on, you know, on the ball for that trade? Well, me particularly, even when I'm taking breaks, I like to analyze. Um, so even though I like, for example, if I had a big week, I'm still going to take a few days off and still check my phone periodically. Where are we in the market? Where's the market likely to head? And I'm like, at this point, just analyzing and, and, and like processing everything within my head. Um, so me personally, I like to just review things and even like say, oh, the market will head here based off of this and that. And if it does, then it makes me feel good. Right. But understand that just because you can predict that doesn't mean you have to be in the trade. Doesn't mean you have to expose yourself to risk. Um, so for me personally, it's all about just kind of like staying collaborating within the market. I wouldn't necessarily take a whole week off and not look at the market at all. 
Um, but I just wouldn't trade solely off mm. the fact that, you know, I had a good week, performance is there. There's no need to, you know? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Great answer. Um, now, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the uh, traders to get hold of you? Uh, it can be contacted on, on Instagram at GloryFX. So that's going to be G-L-O-R-R-Y-F-X. Brilliant. Well, look, guys, a big thank you to Ramon for sharing with us today. Everything we discuss here, along with all the links, are in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Ramon in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, folks, there you have it. Interview done and dusted. Now, do remember, we shot a video after the show where he breaks down his 50K trade on the NAS 100. So if you want to go and check that out, there will be a link on the show notes page. So check it out under this video or in the podcast description. And also, Trading Nut Funded Cup is underway. Go and check that out over there at citytradersimperium.com. We've, uh, or if you missed out, stay tuned for the next one. And also, the Obsession Bot is still available this July 2022. Then it disappears. So if you guys do want to get access to that, then this is the chance. Join through Robot Builders Club. All right, folks, uh, we'll see you in the next episode.